Chapter 10 of Yirmiyahu is one of the more remarkable chapters in this book. I would call chapter 10 of Yirmiyahu a meditation. And the meditation that we encounter in chapter 10 is reminiscent of verses that we have found in the previous book, in Yeshayahu, in the book of Isaiah, the great poet of the Jewish people. And chapter 10 we encounter a chapter that could easily be found in the book of Yeshayahu. The truth of the matter is that the style of Yirmiyahu is, I would say, for the most part, repetitive. There's a lot of repetition, very simple words. It's not the difficult poetry of Isaiah. But it's not because Yirmiyahu is necessarily incapable of that. He has his own style. But rather because he sees his mission as being very direct. He's telling directly to the people what is going to happen very soon. And repetition in that context is very important. But suddenly in chapter 10, we find a meditation. And the meditation begins in chapter 10, Ko Amar Hashem, thus says God in verse number 2, El derech agoyim al tilmadu umeyotota shomayim al techatu. Do not learn to go the way of the nations. Do not be dismayed by portents in the sky. Let the nations be dismayed by them. For the laws of the nations are delusions. And now Yermio describes how, I, how the idol is built. The laws of the nations are delusions. It is the work of a craftsman's hands. And now he describes what the craftsman does. He cuts down a tree in the forest with an axe. He adorns it with silver and gold. He fastens it with nails and hammer that it does not totter. They're like a scarecrow in a cucumber patch that cannot speak. They have to be carried. They cannot walk. Be not afraid of them. They can do no harm, nor is it in them to do good. al mehem, in verse number 5, They have no ability to do good or to do harm. Now this description of idolatry, and it appears later in the chapter as well. Later in the chapter, in verse beginning in verse 14 of this same chapter, Nivar kol adam midat, hovish kol tzaref mipesel, ki sheker nisko uroruach bam, hevel heima, masay tatuim, v'yet pekudatam yovedu. Everyone is proved dull without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame because of the idol. The molten image is a deceit. There is no breath in them. These verses are very reminiscent of verses that we encounter in Yeshayahu, particularly in chapter 40, which, by the way, is the chapter that we read right after Tishimov. Shabbat Nachamu, chapters 8 and 9 of Yermiyahu is the Haftorah of Tishimov. And chapter 40, from Isaiah, the first of the Haftorot of Consolation, from the great consoler of the Jewish people, Isaiah. And in that Haftorah, which is called Nachamu, 
Shabbat Nachamu, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. So in the Haftorah, Yeshayahu distinguishes between God, the incomparable God, Elmitadabuleo, to whom may one compare God? God is wholly other. Umadmutarachuro, chapter 40, verse 18, and then describes the idol. The idol, a woodworker shaped it, a smith overlaid it with gold, forging links of silver. As a gift, he chooses the mulberry, a wood that does not rot, then seeks a skillful woodworker to make a firm idol that will not topple. So that's a description, in contrast to God, the incomparable God, a description of the way the idol is made, and we encounter this elsewhere in Yeshayahu as well. And here in chapter 10, we have a similar construction of chapter 10. It began, as I read before, with the one who makes the idol, and suddenly, in chapter 10, verse 6, Me'en kamocha Hashem, O Lord, there is none like you. Gadol v'gadol shimcha b'gvura. Ein kamocha, there's none like you. Milo yiracha melech ha-goyim ki l'cho ya'ata. Ki b'chol chachmei ha-goyim u'v'chol ma'chutam me'ein kamocha. Who will not revere you, O king of nations? That is your due. Since among all the wise of the nations and among royalty, there is none like you. Me'ein kamocha. And the idea that God is wholly other, completely different, incomparable. That's the contrast that is being drawn in chapter 10, this meditation on God. In Kamocha, in contrast to the idol, which is precisely parallel to what we encounter in Yeshayahu, chapter 40. It's interesting that the language of chapter 10 of Yirmiyahu is language that we often find in various pieces of liturgy in our tradition, particularly in the Ashkenazic tradition. For example, verse number 7, that verse is the foundational verse of an extremely long poem that many Ashkenazic Jews recite on, on Rosh Hashanah. Very, very long poem, which is based on every word in this long verse, which is verse number 7. So this is the meditation, and God is wholly unknowable. The God of heaven and earth is wholly unknowable, the God who has created all, in contrast to the gods of the other nations. And in verse 11, we encounter, unusual, we encounter an Aramaic verse in the book of Yirmiyahu. Verse number 11, Kidna temun lahon, and lahayo dishmayo v'yarka lahavadu. You should say to them this, let the gods who did not make heaven and earth perish from the earth and from under the heavens. That's as far as the other gods are concerned. But our God is different. And that's what it says later on, as we continue to read, after it describes the other gods that are false, delusional. In verse number 16, Yaakov. Not like these is the portion of Jacob. It is God who formed all things. Israel is God's very own tribe. Lord of hosts is his name. If in the previous chapter, Jacob was 
encountered by the reader, Kolach Akov Yaakov, Jacob the trickster, Jacob who deceived the brother, but over here it's different. Because over here, in verse number 16, in distinguishing the God of Jacob and the God of Israel from all the other gods, as Yirmiyahu does, here it's Jacob, but it's not just Jacob. It's Jacob and Israel. The portion of Yaakov and the idea that the God is Jacob and Israel's portion, which is found in the book of Devarim, in at least two different places. That's what we have over here as well. Now, the unknowable God, is God is unknowable, because God is incomparable. But what we do know about God, of course, was found in the previous chapter. Haskel v'yadoa oti, know me, and glory in knowledge of me. But knowledge of God, of course, is what God does. Chesed mishpat utztaka ba'aretz, kindness and equity. The end of chapter 10 is a lamentation. Presumably, it's either Yermiyahu or it's the people lamenting their situation. Oyriyal Shivri in verse number 19, Nachlam Akoti, woe is my hurt, my wound is severe, and I find myself bereft. I find myself alone. Everything's been taken away. And at the end of chapter 10, Yodati Hashem ki lo liodam darko. I presume Yirmiyahu is talking. I know, O Lord, that a person's road is not his to choose. Further meditation on life. We find ourselves, we've been given a path. And the book of Yirmiyahu is about someone who, from the very beginning, is told, I chose your path for you. I chose it before you were born. I know I don't choose my own path. I know it's a difficult path. I know it needs correction. But I ask you, O Lord, in verse 24, God, chastise me, but in measure. Not in your wrath lest you reduce me to nothing. And the last verse, Yimiyahu is speaking, But pour your wrath upon those that don't know you, that don't know you. Earlier he spoke about knowledge of God as being the goal. Pour your wrath upon them, they have devoured Jacob. They have consumed and devoured Jacob. And Naveyu Heshamo. And once again, Yimiyahu fully identifies with the people and meditates upon his own situation. I didn't choose my path. I need correction. Correct me in a way. Correct me. Chastise me. Rebuke me. But don't reduce me. Save your anger for the others who have consumed Jacob. Once again, Jacob is mentioned here. With all the problems Jacob has, with the mistakes, nonetheless, I call out for God to avenge the fact that Jacob has been consumed and devoured, and that the homesteads of Jacob are laid desolate, that Naveyu Heshamu.